Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's your experience been like here at the Cliff Godwin Baseball Camp? Pretty fun. I play first base and third base. And, you know, I just came here to hit dingers and have a good time. That's about it. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, July 14th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. What's up, boys? What's up, Tassie? Got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! The international man of mystery, taking it to Legoland soon. Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Finally, making the magic happen here. It's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. First things first. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave your comments below the vid to help us defeat the algorithm. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Keep sending in your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. We hit the beach yesterday to discuss uh, a lot of things, including which teams can make a similar run next year using the Phoenix Suns template of adding a star vet like Chris Paul. Uh, players we have an irrational attachment to, Jaleel Okafor, Justice Winslow, many others. And we tackled... Indoor roller skating and the Stanley Cup versus the Larry O'Brien Trophy. A whole lot more. So go check out that Beach Steppin' Podcast. It's up in your podcast feed and, of course, on YouTube. And finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Yeah, there's the Suns. Mm-hmm. Gotta love it. And there's the Bucks. Big game four tonight. And that's what we're starting with here on today's show. We'll get to the Kawhi news. We'll get to Team USA possibly being back. <laughs> we'll get to some uh, juicy uh, Shams reports from yesterday. But, yeah, tonight, game four of the NBA Finals. It's been a while since we've had a basketball game. But here we go. Everybody knows this. Teams that take a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals are 35-1. and So the Suns can all but maybe ensure a title with a road win tonight in game four. Of course, the Bucks want to tie things up. So... Big questions heading into this one, gentlemen. Trey, you get us started. What do you have your eye on in this pivotal, yeah, let's call it pivotal, game four? Oh, interesting. Interesting. That was going to be my minor question to start things off here, Skeets Arena. Is this a pivotal game? Pivotal more so for the Bucks, yes. I think, right? Yes. You don't want to go down 3-1. One man's pivot is another man's. <laughs> oh. Pull? <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I don't buy that. I, I, I just went with all. Pivot. Oh, okay. Oh, oh I thought you said pull too. Man's pivot is okay. another man's old. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, big game tonight. And the biggest question for me, no surprise, is about the biggest guys in Skeetington. I actually got three questions for one on okay. uh, this very special deal for you. Uh, number one, is Giannis going to keep playing like Shaq? Number two, can Phoenix do anything at all to slow him down? And number three kind of relates to number two. Is DeAndre Ayton going to be able to stay out of foul trouble like he has for the majority of this uh, postseason? Giannis, mm-hmm. I kind of think, isn't getting enough shine for how incredible he's been here in his very first finals. 
back-to-back 40 and 10s, Shaq-like numbers. He also had a 20 and 17 after 12 days off and having no idea if the guy's going to be able to play basketball again. This is remarkable stuff. He's been the best player in the finals, even if he's my 1B on my MVP power rankings. But I think you guys know this. Giannis didn't average 40 and 10 for the season. So what is Phoenix going to do to make it so that he doesn't put another in 40 and 10 on him? My guess, it's going to be a little bit more physicality, kind of challenging the refs to send Giannis to the line. I think they're going to double Giannis when he is getting isolation touches in the post. And I think that the flops are going to be out in full force tonight. Giannis (laughs) needs to be prepared for some dastardly actions from Chris Paul and Jay Crowder when they happen uh, to maybe catch Giannis in transition or something like that. The Bucs did a great job in Game 3 of getting Giannis the ball on the move, whether it be in a screen and roll or coming from the side, just giving him a chance to attack downhill. And when Giannis is attacking downhill, he's incredibly tough to stop. And that's why, more important than anything, Phoenix needs DeAndre Ayton to stay on the court. He has been instrumental to the Suns' run this year. For the first time in the playoffs, he finally had foul trouble in Game 3, and the Suns looked terrible when he wasn't out there. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to worry about their backup center spot until it became a worry, and in Game 3, it was a major worry. The backups have no chance against Giannis, and it just allows the Bucs to really play to their strengths and assert their size inside. Skeets, I saw your picture you had on Twitter today. The Bucs looking absolutely (laughs) gigantic next to Chris Paul. When DeAndre Ayton's out there, it just feels like the Bucs, every single player is a foot taller, Uh, and that was the case uh, in Game 3. So, yeah, Ayton being able to stay on the court and hopefully slow down Giannis has to happen if the Suns are going to pivot to a 3-1 lead. Yeah, and I think, too, I don't think the Suns would be as upset with five fouls on Ayton if all five were actually on Giannis, but they weren't. I think only two of them were in Game 3, and I, and I brought up that one that was on Middleton that was a little questionable at the end of the first half. There's a, a couple other ones on other guys. It's one thing to foul Giannis. You're using them. You know, you're putting them to the line. Uh, yeah, you're not here in the uh, countdown or the count up because you're in Milwaukee, but it's another one when you're sort of like wasting them almost uh, on, on other guys. So yeah, he's got to stay out there. I think all eyes will be on that task. What about you? Um, is, it, is it Giannis you're focused on and how the Suns try and stop him? Or are there other things in this pivotal game four? Well, I think the Suns have so many things to work on. And that's what kind of scares me for the Bucs. It, it, I would have rather them want a close game where, you know, there's still some question marks. There's still some things up in the air. Like, you know, at least, um, you know, a little bit of mystery going into game four. But the Suns could go back, you know, with an extra day off and work on a bunch of things. Yeah, it's Aiton staying on the floor. Monty Williams said uh, he was going to show Aiton film of how to position his body better against uh, Yanis's drives and where he can take charges. So, you know, that's something they can focus on. Devin Booker came coming back from a 10-point performance. Um, and, and Aiton said this about Booker after game three. He said, quote, he gets pretty scary after a bad game. Uh, just knowing his mentality and knowing that games like that don't really slow him down that via ESPN and uh, Dave McMenamin, our bro there. So uh, I think those couple things uh, have the, the Suns kind of have going for them. You know, I, I know Monty Williams, you know, came out and, and talked about the whistle a little bit without talking about the whistle. Uh, yeah, there's some stuff going on there. There's that one guy who had 17 free throw attempts on the other side. But Giannis is going to get his free throw attempts. Uh, The thing is that the the Phoenix Suns um, want to be more physical. You know, as as Trey sort of said there, they got to get up 
from the jump. And they do that. Uh, 4-0 in the first half this postseason against the spread after a loss. They come back and, and they fight back. And, and I think it's, it's not so much just about, you know, getting the calls. It, it is about, you know, fighting back. It is about um, getting to their spots a little bit more on the offensive end. It was, uh, it was a strange game. I, I, the, again, the blowout um, is something that they can look at a billion things. Like Chris Paul said, you know, I had those four turnovers. It's not me. You know, he's done. He's had a big turnover number in two two straight games. He can, he can try and correct that. The Suns didn't have a single corner three in game three. Hmm. That's weird. Uh, they hit 10 in mm-hmm. game two. So that's, that's something that they're going to be focusing on. So there's like, there's a billion things I think for the Suns, And, and I think they're, they're going to be pretty locked in. That's the scary part for the bucks for me, right at, right from the get go. Speaking with Booker there, he had that 10 point performance in game three, which is brutal, but you know, the stats back it up that he generally bounces back, Tass. Uh, in the 11 games Booker has played this season, after a game in which he shot 35% or worse from the field, so a really bad shooting game, he averaged nearly 24 points per game on 44% shooting, and the Suns went 9-2. and two. That's probably the most important stat. So he generally does bounce back. Now, all that said, Drew Holiday, he's locked his ass up in this series when he's been on him. 2 for 11, Booker is, when Drew's the main defender. And then when Giannis ever gets matched up on him, it's even worse. He's only 1 for 6. So we'll see if they can uh, continue that you know, strong physical play and getting their main defenders on him and whether Booker can break free. You would expect he does have a, a better game than a 10-point performance where he wasn't even playing in the fourth quarter late. Yes, uh, for sure. And uh, I thought for the first time, probably all playoffs, he actually took a couple of lazy shots, I thought, in that game three. And perhaps uh, that was a little bit of him just thinking like, you know what, we're up 2-0. This is all going pretty smoothly. I'm going to get my shots. I'm going to hit them soon. But it didn't happen for him. So yes, I do expect him to come out a little bit more focused than Monty Prime, but probably try to get him some of that stuff a little bit closer to the basket as well. A couple of those mid-rangers that have been very effective for him uh, all season and in the playoffs. But I'm actually going to sort of look at the other guy for the basket here because you guys talking about Giannis and I do expect him to get a lot more attention and Chris Middleton had 29 points in game one but it was in that loss that wasn't all that close I'm expecting him to actually have a Chris Middleton game like we saw against the Atlanta Hawks a couple of times really game three and then in game six uh, in Atlanta where Chris Middleton was you know probably the best player on the floor uh, are so- you saying the Ferris wheel has reached the apex here <laughs> well listen listen Chris Middleton has scored 18 points uh, 11 points and 18 points in his last two games and he's never gone in the playoffs, uh, three games in a row without scoring 20 points. So based on that... There you go. It, it goes up, 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 up. It's perfect. Here we go. It, you know, and, and that's the thing. I think Budenholzer, I think the Bucks are saying, listen, we expect the Suns to come out tonight and not let Giannis, make it as hard as we can, hard as possible if we can. So that means a little bit more defensive attention. Chris, it's your time. It's He's due. He's definitely due for a Chris Middleton, you know, like I say, 29 points in game one. Okay, that's sort of, you know, good numbers, but it didn't really have the impact like the 38 points he had against the Hawks or the 32 points there in Game 6. So you feel that, like, he is due to have a big, strong performance in front of his home fans there because the Bucks need it as well. They can't really, you know, I mean, shoot, Giannis probably can go for 40 and 10 and they can win this series, but you would like to see the Suns have to figure out how to defend another guy and how to have to, you know, have to deal with another guy who can go out there and give them some points. So that's what I'm looking for tonight. I think, uh, I think he is due. I think Chris Middleton, you know, if he can get a few shots early uh, or if he can have one of those quarters where he takes over again, like we saw against the Hawks, that can really swing a game for the Mm -hmm. Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, if he's quiet tonight, 
it's probably not a good sign for Milwaukee. If he has a big game, then I think that's a really strong sign that uh, they can even this series up. But but we'll see because he's a bit of a frustrating player. I mean, you guys know Skeetsy, especially you. You Sometimes it's like, this guy is not an all-star. And other times like, oh, how did we leave him off the all-star team this year? He's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so we know he can do it. There's no question he's got the capabilities to do it out there. And tonight would be a great time for him to do it for his team. As for like the all eyes on Giannis uh, sort of game plan, you hope that Bud and the Bucks continue to put him in screen and roll action. That worked incredibly well in Game 3. A bunch of different guys setting the picks for him as the ball handler, and then him, of course, setting the picks too, and then rolling into space. You already talked about that. They'd be silly not to continue to do that because that was so successful. It's so much better than Giannis isoing at the top. And then, yeah, now you can actually build a wall. But I will say, in Game 3... When the guys all converged on Giannis, I thought he did an awesome job task of like passing to a bunch of Bucks players that were like cutting back door just under the rim. He had like, I remember like two or three just like beautiful passes where there's so much attention on him of trying to slow him down and get in front of him. And there were little, cra- little, little, like, uh, little cracks that were open in the defense and they just like flooded into the behind him and he can make that pass. Now, I think like that's the big difference to me of when the Raptors slowed him down with, with uh, Kawhi back in a couple years ago. It was like, he, I don't think he really was that comfortable as a playmaker at that point of his career, and I think he's added that, and I think the Bucks know that. Um, so I wonder if that continues here in Game 4. Yeah, no doubt. And I think the when he gets the ball uh, is, is just as important. Like, if you come down the floor and you're, you're playing Joel Embiid style where he's on the low block and we're all just focusing on Giannis, then you can take away his sight lines. You can, you can mob him real quick with a couple guys and, and build that wall. But if you come down... And the action's on the other side, and then the ball swings, and Yanis all of a sudden is ducking in on the post, and he gets the ball, and it's one-on-one. Yeah, he's, he's definitely developed uh, enough speed with his, uh, with his decisions. Yeah, he's, he's changed. And then he's, he's got the ability to, to float in your dinks and dumps, and, he, and he's, mm-hmm. the push shots. Uh, he's gotten so much better. But all those passes w- with the, the little cracks in the defense there were happening with DeAndre Ayton off the floor, a lot of those. A lot of them, and, yep. Yeah, and so the you know that big man's got to be there. And yep. uh, that, that plays a big part. They were playing volleyball at times with DeAndre Ayton off the floor. They've got nobody, you know, even close uh, to, to guard Giannis, especially, you know, with, with Dario Saric out, who's a, who's a tough 6'9 dude. So that's, that's the thing. I mean, Ayton... It, it looked like a great Aiton game in, in in game three. He was rolling to start, yeah. and and he had only he was one hitting foul. the jumpers too. He hit a couple there, like fifteen footers. He was showing the repertoire, yeah. And, yeah, and and he only had one foul all the way until the the minute thirty mark of the second quarter when he got uh, you know three basically in three minutes of game time. Bang, 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 and that sent him to the bench. And Monty probably would play him more uh, if. If he could go back, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure Monty would would swing him out more. And then, you know, he, he sat Aiton, then he sat Devin Booker in the fourth quarter, and Devin Booker is getting the itch there. You could see him getting a little feisty on the bench. He wanted to be out there. So I'm looking forward to Devin Booker in Q1. And even before quarter one, I think he, he's going to come in with the same baggy outfits that he's been coming in. <laughs> it's going to piss Lee off. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, that's, his, that's his thing. Like our man Shea Serrano says that's his Chicano look. You know, yeah, that's, his, that's his Mexican roots coming through. You know, his little be real thing going on. Like he's just, he's, he's, don't mess with that dude. I think he's coming in ready to go. Uh, here's this Chris Paul photo that you uh, brought up. Um, 
Trey, I think it was, that I tweeted this morning. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. It just looks, <laughs> looks incredible because you got the two giants in Giannis and Brooke. And I know they're jumping, so it makes them look even taller. But, like, I'm not, like... Giannis, I mean, Chris Paul looks like Muggsy Bogues here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, totally. Chris Paul is small in yeah. the NBA, but he's He doesn't not, come uh, up to Giannis's waist, though. Yeah. 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 Just a wild photo there for everybody on the stream team. I know you listeners are like, what the hell are you guys looking at? Well, go check my Twitter account. It's a crazy photo of Chris Paul, just a, a weird angle, and the Bucks guys, who are much bigger, uh, mind you, um, just look ten times the size of Chris Paul. So, and a great right, face so, from Chris Paul as well. Yeah, just like, true. whoa, look how big these guys are. Yeah, but it is weird that he has, what is it, combined 10 turnovers in the last two games? Is that what you said, Tass? Yeah. Six and then so four yeah, in yeah. games two and three? That, that is well. And the Bucs are like a killer transition team. Like, they score in transition almost every time. It's like, can you get them into a half-court set and see if you can slow them down there? So those are actually big. I don't know how many were of the uh, live ball variety. I'm not a sicko like John Schumann counting all those. So uh, <laughs> Schumann, if you're in the stream team, let us know. But that, you know, Chris Paul... That's a lot for him. <laughs> Ten over two games. It's usually like one, maybe two. So I'm sure for he'll take series, care of the ball. For a series, wasn't it? Against the, uh, yeah. <laughs> against the Lakers or the Nuggets, perhaps. He only had one or two yeah. for the entire series. Yeah. 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 So, and you know, that's, again, credit. Game three, Drew Holiday was on him a lot more. And there's more pressure there. Um, so we'll see. I'm excited. Like, Zach Lowe, I listened to him talk to Kevin Arnovitz on his podcast this morning. And Lowe's just talking it into existence, man. Speaking it into existence that tonight's game is going to be like, Maybe the, the, maybe the game of the finals, you know, the classic one, because it's got, like, all the recipes are there, Lee. They're, you add up all the points scored in this series. I think the Suns have them by three overall, accumulative. Um, we haven't had, like, a close, close game yet. You know, we think uh, Booker going to bounce back. Who knows if Giannis goes for 40-10 again. You know, maybe we get the Middleton at the top of the Ferris wheel game. I think Lowe's right. I really do. I, I, something in my gut says this could be, like, we're going to be back here tomorrow morning talking about Oh, could you believe that game winner or that crazy play at the end? Like it could be a one possession, two possession game here. I, hope I think so. it's I think it's in store. Yeah. I hope so because uh, as I said after game three, it wasn't like the Suns just sort of mailed it in. The Bucks went out and won this game. You know, they mm. went out and they had a blueprint to go out and beat the Suns and, and it worked for them. And I think that's a thing with Budenholzer. They know obviously if they lose tonight, they have to go out to win in Phoenix in game five and then potentially in game seven if they can stretch it out. Whereas a win tonight can potentially make game five the most pivotal game in oh this entire god. series. Oh, oh my god! Wow, <laughs> so, I mean, these things are obviously, you know, the the outcomes. What happens? A three-one up team. It's only ever happened one time because it just doesn't very often happen. But for Milwaukee, you know, Giannis is not hurt at all. He's playing fantastic basketball, and you feel like there is a Drew Holiday game or a Middleton game or hell, maybe even a Bryn Forbes game out there. We've seen a couple of those in the playoffs. Crazy. Bryn Forbes is getting bounced from yeah, this. Uh, he, look, it's yeah. Jeff Teague's getting his minutes yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah look, look. And, and Teague had a couple of okay minutes against the Atlanta Hawks. That's all I say about him. But, you know, the, the <laughs> thing is, series. the thing is, you know, when you have a player like Giannis who's like, man, they can't actually stop me. You know, if I just, if, if every yeah. basket he made was in the paint in game three and he's like, hang on a minute. I can just do that again tonight. And why, why would it be any different? Why wouldn't they keep fouling me? Not, they, I'm not afraid to go to the throw. Give me 25 free throws if you want. Yeah. I'll take them all. That's going to be the way we're going to have to win this game and, and even this series. Then that's what we'll do. And uh, I just hope that that's what the Bucks do. That's how they approach this game. And it's not Giannis settling a little bit sometimes for those mid-rangers or even the three-pointers. If he can really step on the throat of the Suns inside and get them frustrated and bothered, then I think the Bucks, uh, that's their best chance of evening this thing up. 
I think they I think both coaches could look at this game as like honestly the the must win game and I think that maybe will be represented in the minutes for some of the star players. The benches are short to begin with, both sides. There's not a lot of guys at this point, but we could see I think Tass some insane minutes. I think we should actually uh from the star players in this. Both Monty Williams going with his guys um maybe more than he would normally and then I think Giannis or sorry, but with the, some of his bucks like Giannis especially like th- this is the one. This, this, for both teams, I really truly believe that this is a massive, massive game, and I wonder if the coaches will lean into that minutes wise. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, Buck, Bud has already been doing that with his mm-hmm. rotation, and you can't go three one down. And the fact no. that the Suns had two two of their major guys play in the twenty minute marks with uh, Aiton and Booker, plus you have an extra day off here, two days yeah. off. Yeah, that 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 would lead you to believe that they're going for it with their minutes. Yeah, I'm with you, and I, I think everybody expecting a really really good game is because we haven't had both teams play amazing on the same night so far right. in this series. And we're just waiting for it. You know, yeah. we're, we, we like to analyze and we like to think we're smart. I definitely like to think I'm smart. <laughs> but, I mean, when you, walk, you see those first three games, I mean, we're, just, we're waiting for, yeah, Middleton, Drew, and Giannis to play great on one night. And then, you know, Aiton and Booker and Paul and everybody hit threes on the same night. Like game two, yeah. we saw the the beautiful Suns basketball, those 10 corner threes with Mikel Bridges coming through uh, with a monster game. Uh, we want that, and we want game three from the Bucks tonight. That's what we're looking for. And and if if they go down 3-1, if the Bucks go down 3-1, they would be smart to send me uh, to Phoenix for game five because the only time a team has come back from 3-1 in NBA history <laughs> I was in the building in oh, game wow. five so wow. be smart yeah be smart about it and send me there and I was I was Mr. Smart Guy then thinking oh Draymond Green suspended that the Warriors can handle this come on right, right. the Warriors can't and they can handle game six right and they can handle game seven right so uh yeah that's that's just too tall a task though against this Suns team the, the Suns team bounces back so this is this feels like the series tonight should be good. All right, let's get to... I like, uh, I like the oh. idea of taking the other side of this take. Okay. No, I want a shitty game four tonight. <laughs> right. I want a big-time blowout. Who's going to say that? I'm willing it into an existence. A 40-point win by the Milwaukee Bucks. Whoa, wow. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I think we all want to see a great finals game tonight. Is there anybody in danger of being suspended for the final three games of this <laughs> series? Because that was a big time change up uh, during that task game. Um, I don't know. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's going to be some fireworks, but I don't know if it's going to be any of the big three on either side, yeah. uh, but something's going down with these. Well, if tonight. you said, if you expect, I was going to say, if you expect some flopping to be happening, there's going to be some frustration. Sure. There's going to be some, yeah, some knees and midsections and stuff like that. And people maybe uh, stepping over guys. It's possible, I guess, if you think, uh, if you actually think the Suns are going to try and flop a little bit on Giannis drives, which I, I think you're maybe right. You give it a go one or two, see if you get the whistle. Um, yeah. Okay. Fireworks. Uh, I don't want a 40-point blowout. I do want a close game. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, an yeah, undefeated, yeah. it's an unbeatable take to say you yeah. want to see a good basketball game happen. Mm. Well, yeah, I don't think it's even like we want to see it, but it feels like it's sort of maybe just due because we haven't had a really, really close game yet down the stretch. And these teams are so evenly matched. We saw it in the regular season. You know, again, you add up all the points. They are fairly matched. Uh, it just makes sense that we're due for one, I guess. Is what not we're a classic for. yet. Yep. Yeah, not a classic yet. That's right. Uh, some classic performances from Giannis, but not a classic yet. So I think we get it tonight. Uh, player prop bet. We always do this heading into these games. Lee, you always tell us uh, who's going to hit the first <laughs> shot, and you're never right. Uh, but what do you have your eye on tonight? Player prop bets. You, you fired it up on BetMGM. What do you I got? I did, Lee? yeah. Well, yep. you know, like I was scrolling through it, and then I thought, 
you know what? I've put too much preparation and thought into it before. I'm not oh. going to do that today. I'm going to do this spur of the moment right here, right now. See if I have a little bit more luck. All right, so I'm opening it up here. Okay. What have we got? What have we got? Okay, Giannis, first basket, Bucks win, $8.50. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not enough in that. You want, a, you want a little bit of juice there, don't you? Let's go down a little bit further. Book a first basket, Suns win, $17. I don't want that to happen. You don't want to bet on something you don't want because then you're betting against yourself. You want something you want to happen win. So I'm going for a Bucks win here. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Bucks win. Jay Crowder, first basket, Bucks win. Oh, I don't mind that one. I don't mind that one. <laughs> first what? basket, Jay Crowder. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the first win. basket with the Bucks win. Yeah, $23 you're getting for that because wow. Jay Crowder, he hit six in game three, I think, yep, didn't he? Yep, six three points. Now, this doesn't even have to be a three. This can be just like, a scrappy basket. That's a classic yeah. Jay Crowder. It's more likely it's going to be a three, I think, from Jay Crowder. Yeah, but. I mean, you can get a Jay Crowder three-pointer alone for $19. But I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think in, in the essence of what we want for tonight, a good game, I think the Suns yep. have to get the first basket. So I was like, okay, they're locked in. They're locked <laughs> in. Got to. Oh, wow. They're locked okay. in. You know, Jay Crowder is going to be the guy. Devin Booker, we don't want to get him off early. So there's going to be a lot of defensive attention on him. Chris Paul, he's going to be looking to pass early. I think sure. Jay Crowder is the beneficiary here. So give me Jay Crowder, first basket. Doesn't have to be a three. Okay. The Milwaukee Bucks win. And you will collect 23 big ones <laughs> oh, wow. for every dollar you lay out there. Wow. So, uh, okay, what a someone, parlay we got here. Someone put that, make that bet, put... Put 10 bucks on it. 10 bucks. Then you're going to win. <laughs> Why don't you, know, you do it? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't think you should gamble. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> Listen, if I, if, I did, if I did do any of my bets, I'd be in the hole quite a bit. So I'm glad yes, that I'm, uh, I'm gambling with no money at all here. But right. uh, that's what I want. I want it to be like G Crowder. Yes. I okay. know. Oh, it would be a bang, wouldn't it, from Mike, uh, Mike Breen? Jay wow, Crowder a bang the on the first possession. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me a bang. A J Crowder <laughs> three. Suns basket, Bucks win the game. I think oh, uh, phew, spend that money if you're. Uh, I if will you're give you a hundred dollars if Breen just bangs on the first oh, shot. Yeah, this is what we game. want. This is what we want. Everyone's going to be locked in for that first basket tonight. I, I mean, he wait. is a little more loosey goosey with what he throws a bang on nowadays. Yeah, but he, I he know. will not throw it on the first uh, first three pointer. Yeah, made, I yeah. Think, but, Unless okay. it's like just a yeah. What, what what would it take to get a bang on the first basket? <laughs> like a, a first basket bang. <laughs> yeah. Possible. I think Four. it's impossible. Yeah. Four-point play from, <laughs> from 50 years half, yeah. yeah, one of those ones that's like, as a shot clock's running down, it's a heave. Yeah, okay, me. Bang, he knocks nah. it in. Yeah, nah. yeah. Even yeah. then, I don't nah. think he would do it. Nah, he would do it. He'd do it. Oh, not. like more shock. <laughs> probably not. But anyway, I okay. like this bet. I feel good about this one tonight. I feel real good about this one tonight. Okay, well, let me, let me go to the other guys. Uh, before I get your, your player prop bets, though, I just saw that the Giannis line, <laughs> TK, is 34 and a half points. Is that a, that's, that's interesting, right? Obviously going for 40 plus in the last two. 34 and a half, they've bumped it down pretty significantly. Is he over or under Giannis tonight? Do the Suns do a better job of containing him? Does he maybe struggle at the line again? Interesting. Uh, well, Lee, um, I think it actually skates. I'll start by saying I'm going to go under for Giannis. Ooh. 34 and okay. a half tonight. But just like Lee, I'm going to do it with a crazy parlay. Yes. I actually ran uh, Lee's parlay by my gambling consultant. And <laughs> yeah. this guy couldn't believe what he was suggesting. A Jay Crowder three. And... <laughs> uh, but I'll hit you with a Cam Stewart parlay. Giannis under 34 and a half. And Chris Middleton over 
24 and a half okay. points. Mm, okay. I've got my ticket on the Middleton Ferris wheel, and Lee, yep. you made me want to buy extra tickets when you mentioned that <laughs> stat that he hasn't had three straight games under 20 points. We said it before, season. game two was uh, bad for Chris Middleton. That was the loading phase. Game yeah. three, solid game. Oh, solid start. The he was on fire at the yeah. start of game three. He really tailed that's off. That's right, yeah. that's right. He tailed off at the end. That means we're reaching that peak tonight yeah. in game four. Probably right. Bad news bears, I would say, if you are the Bucks looking in game five, you might not want to be in that zone. Game six, definitely not there. Hey. But for tonight, take the over on Middleton, the under on Giannis, and you will be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Player props looking good. Uh, Jess, God, he loves this. Jess, uh, what do you got tonight? What are you putting your coin on? Well, I think uh, a smart bet for uh, Cam Stewart and everybody. Uh, it's not a prop, but they are uh, the Suns are a perfect four and zero against the spread in the first half this season. After a loss, oh wow, okay. this, this postseason, I should say. So yep. after after they lose four and zero, first half, I got that for my man Alec Koloje at the score, and I'm buying it. I'm buying okay. it for sure. And uh, you know, we talked about Mr. Bryn Forbes coming off the bench for the Milwaukee Bucks. I was a big Bryn Forbes guy before the season, but he has slowly been taken out of the rotation. Yeah. So Pat Connaughton, over and over and over, has been getting shot after shot after shot. Uh, his line for threes in this game is one and a half. Mm. He's hit he's hit two and four in the last couple games. Um, so I think you go over. I, th- I think that's, you know, will we get a cold Pat Connaughton game? possible but uh i think i think you roll with it especially if their bucks are tightening the rotation especially if the suns are playing defense this is the guy that will be left open so one and a half it's not a lot he's done it the last couple of games so over one and a half threes love it all right we have some news uh regarding one of the star players in the league we now know why Kawhi leonard missed the last eight games of the clippers playoff run against the jazz and then the suns he suffered a partial tear of his acl yeah, the Clippers announced in a two-sentence press release on Tuesday that Kawhi had successful surgery to repair the injury. Um, LA, by the way, had previously called it a sprained knee. Uh, it, was, it was more than that, of course. But the question here, Tass, is what does this ACL surgery mean for his free agency and then for the Clippers moving forward this summer and then into the start of next year? Because he could be out for a good chunk of time. Uh, if you believe the people that do this for a living in street clothes there, Jeff, and go through all these people that have had this surgery before, it's it takes a while to come back from something like this, or it can at least. But what do you think? Well, yeah, a very Kawhi-like press release, just to the point, uh, not messing around. Uh, yeah, if if we're looking at like even Spencer Dinwiddie, the most you know recent one, that's right. a guy coming back. It was about six months where he was supposedly ready to come back. Um, you know, before the the Nets were bounced, so. As far as I'm concerned, this hurts their... Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, He's sorry, looking yeah. like Cam Stewart there. Just like yeah. that. For those listening, Tess just froze on us. His, his Wi-Fi probably crapped out. And we got an incredible screen count if you're joining us on the stream team. Go back to his full screen TV for one second. Gotta second-y. save this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the best ones yet. Uh, okay, so anyway, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go to you, Lee, here. What does this uh, surgery mean for Kawhi and his free agency? in the clips well well first off uh i think it's the clippers just saying Kawhi saying i'll tell you when i'm ready to release this information uh because you never really see this before from any other players once they've had a, a, a acl injury of any 
description. It's usually released within you know, as soon as they find out that stuff. So I think the Clippers are like, if Kawhi doesn't want us to say anything, we won't say anything because obviously they want him to opt into his contract, which he can do, or he can opt out to become a free agent to sign a bigger deal. In terms of where he signs, if he chooses to opt out, I honestly don't think this really changes a whole lot. I think any team who can afford Kawhi and is prepared to uh, pay him and give him what he needs will still sign him. We saw that with Kevin Durant after he blew out his Achilles for the uh, for the uh, Warriors there, that it didn't stop mm-hmm. the, the Nets signing him to that massive contract, knowing that he's likely to miss the entire entire one season of that. So I think Kawhi's in that same boat. Sure. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's just, a, it's just a little weird to me. <coughs> why would he hide that information? What does that... What does that do? You know, like why well, not- I guess it keeps the the two teams they were playing on their toes, never knowing if he's going to come back. I mean, if they said right away that he's got a ACL tear and that he's out for the rest of the year, then they know, and then they yeah. can plan accordingly. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to. think Yeah, why. I, I, it I, just, would, I would it, assume it, that's the reason. Yeah, uh, it just seems a bit weird to me. Anyway, uh, yeah. but look, Kawhi is again, as I say, if he chooses to opt out. Every team, more or less, will do whatever they can to convince him. You know that the Heat, the Mavericks, you know, those sort of teams would be more than happy to take on Kawhi, even if they know they won't get him for uh, likely, you know, at least 75% of next season because Kawhi can be such a game changer out there. So I don't think it actually really affects his free agency status uh, at all. Yeah, Trey, what do you think? I think y'all are both right here. I think it was a little bit of gamesmanship from the Clippers holding him out during the playoffs to keep the Suns on their toes. Maybe you have to think you're preparing for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but then it just turns out it's Paul George. Obviously, it didn't play a huge factor for the Clippers, um, but I don't know. Um, it's, It's exactly like you're saying. Kawhi's one of the best players in the league, and he has been for a long time. He's a top 10 guy at the absolute worst, so 30 teams would be excited to sign him. The Clippers, more so than anybody, they're pot committed at this point with all the draft picks that they traded to bring in Paul George, re-signing Paul George to that long deal. They're in on this team, ergo, they're going to do what they can to bring him back. It's been assumed that Kawhi would pass up his player option so he could cash in on this 10-plus year veteran deal, which is a, a bigger max. I suppose there's a chance, he says, since I'm not going to be playing the entirety of this year and returning from an injury, I'll take the player option, sign that, and then do the same thing next summer. That yeah. could certainly happen. But you got to have a little bit of pause here. Uh, if you're any team getting interested in Kawhi Leonard, obviously you would want him, but he's got a long history of problems with that right leg at this point. We've seen a lot of contracts signed, not so much recently, but you're thinking like Chandler Parsons, Gilbert Arenas, players, you know, 10 years ago, I guess, eight years ago, something like that, that had an injury when they signed their deal and they never got back to that level before. So, I don't know. It's a, just a little bit of nerves, I would have to think, if you're the Clippers. You're not going to change your plans, but it's making you think about your plans more so. Uh, Tassie is, of course, back with us here. Um, you left us with an incredible, incredible <laughs> frozen image, Tassie. Yeah. We got it here. Yeah, here I it mean, is. Oh, there it is. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> An amazing derp face from, yeah, uh, from Tassie at the Wi-Fi Beauty. A little saliva there. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, what were you saying about uh, the whole Kawhi Clippers situation here? Well, it's a strange one because, yeah, as, as Trey was saying there, do you rethink what you're doing? I think for Kawhi, you could definitely opt out and get a four-year max um, just just to get that little security right there immediately instead of waiting for a year where you don't know what's going on. I, I think you know the Clippers have shown that even when things aren't going, they're willing to sign 
big money to players like to Paul George, you know, after that year that didn't go right last year. Uh, and the fact is um, they're kind of locked in. Like we're going to talk about Sham Sharanya's article where he's got a lot of rumors talking about Lonzo Ball potentially going to the Clippers. He's a restricted free agent, but I don't know how they make that work because the Clippers have so much money locked in. Even if Kawhi Leonard was to decline his contract option for next year, they're at $110 million outside Kawhi. Their roster, up and down besides Kawhi, starting with 40 mil, Paul George, to 16, Marcus Morris, to Rajon Rondo signed through next year. They're basically locked in uh, to their to their roster. I guess they could get smart, get Kawhi to opt out, get Serge Ibaka to opt out, and then, you know, sign um, Lonzo Ball to a restricted free agent contract. But I think they're basically going to run back the exact same team, but with Kawhi missing a chunk of the year, and that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's crappy for their playoff chances. You see how tough the Western Conference is. Right. You know, you go from, like, you know, even the Nuggets you know, drop a little bit when Jamal Murray goes out. Jokic did all he could. Uh, but if you drop a few spots, like the Lakers are a better example. I mean, you're playing on the road for the rest of the, the playoffs. It's just, even if they're good, even if they played so great without them, it's just, uh, it's you're really playing behind the eight ball in, in that tough West. Yeah, they've got decisions to make, too, here in free agency with Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum. Um, yeah, they're they're rumored with a couple of guys that they're interested in. Ball being a big one. I'm ready for the Terrence Mann most improved player hype machine, though. Uh, yeah, start up the train already. I mean, he played great when Kawhi went down this season. Um, got nearly 30 minutes per game. Like he slotted in there, scored 13 points per game. Shot the ball, like shot the lights out of the ball. 56% from the floor, and then 45% on threes. Now I don't think he's going to do that uh, throughout the season because if he does, he would, might be uh, in the running for most improved. But They'll give a lot of his minutes to him, but this sucks. I'm with you guys. Just for, like, their, their, their season. Paul George is good, and I think the Clippers would still be a good team if they're if they're basically the same, but they're not top... I don't think they're a top four team in the West without Kawhi all year long. I don't think they're even top five or six with some of these squads. So they might just be, like, scrambling to get in there, and then, you know, you hope you get Kawhi back for the, uh, for the home stretch and into the playoffs. So tough news for Kawhi. We'll see how much, he, uh, much time he actually misses here. All right, we got lots more. We got to get to the uh, Shams report there, but let's take our first break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back with no dunks. The Athletics' Shams Sharanya had some uh, reports yesterday in an article up on The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks if you don't have a subscription. Some juicy tidbits in here. I'm going to hit you with three of them, guys, and you tell me which one intrigued you the most. First one, Sixers opening up Ben Simmons trade talks. All right. Okay, Shams, I think we knew that one, but he's leaning into it. Second one. 
Knicks interested in Colin Sexton on the Cavs. Okay. And then the final one I'll throw at you. The Pelicans are planning to hire Suns assistant Willie Green as their new head coach. So, Taz, you go first of those uh, three reports there from Shams. Which one is the juiciest to you? Well, I'm going to go even deeper into the inside pass from Shams Sharania. I think uh, it's a two-parter surrounding the Knicks that's interesting to me. Yeah, they're trying to trade for the Cavs' Colin Sexton, the most aggressive team out there. To me, uh, that's really, really interesting. Uh, The Cavs, I guess, down on Colin Sexton, up on Darius Garland, who's been uh, uh, called up to the big team amongst the the USA national team. So that's that's really interesting to me. Can the Knicks uh, bring him in and make him a, a team guy with all their young players? I mean, he is so, so talented. He could easily come to the Knicks and and be you know a 1a type guy but what would they have to give up for him it would, i would assume it would have to be either uh, emmanuel quickly or mitchell robinson some big uh package for for colin sexton a decent package anyways including one of those guys so looking forward to seeing that happen now if they can't get colin sexton if that that asking price is too big um sean's reports that lonzo ball won't be back with the Pelicans if he's offered a big contract from somewhere else. Right. And that could be uh, from the New York Knicks. I thought that was the, the perfect match um, in, in New York. But, you know, called Sexton, depending who you are around the league, looks to have a really high ceiling. Um, but it, his his stock, even though he's you know can score 20 per game, um, doesn't seem to be very high for, for a guy that, or, or that early in his career was uh, – talked about in all-star consideration at the beginning of the season but things fell off in, in Cleveland and so uh, I'm not sure how much uh, you know Tibbs can get through to him to be a part of that team but again they need scoring they need scoring at the point guard spot so I can understand them taking a chance but um, yeah the Pelicans if they're moving in a different direction than Lonzo Ball uh, obviously their their situation there with uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker probably taking over as a young point guard I mean that's that's going to be interesting with Zion Williamson and if the Knicks buy into the Lonzo Ball hype. Uh, what What is he going to be for his career? Because he had a, a solid year. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's some interesting movement early here before our free agency opens up in a couple weeks. Yeah, sticking with that, Kelsey Russo and Mike Vorkanoff were all over this uh, potential Knicks-Cavs trade uh, this morning again at The Athletic. They threw out a couple potential trades, Tass. Um, didn't involve those names that you just threw out oh, there wow. uh, quickly. Then it's not going to happen. Robinson. No, listen to this. I so the Cavs, Cavs need a front court player. So, okay, you know, they do have Jared Allen. So I don't know. Maybe there's too much overlap with Mitchell Robinson. But they said, would the Knicks really trade Obi Toppin for Sexton as, uh, as the piece? You know, just drafted him not that long ago. But could Obi Toppin and the number 19 pick, let's say, for Sexton. Is that enough for Cleveland? Uh, again, would the Knicks even want to move on from Toppin? Then they said, what about this? How about the Mavs pick that the Knicks own, 2023, uh, moving into a top 14 protected selection? Kevin Knox, and then like another pick, uh, an early second round pick, super early second round pick this year. Is that enough for Sexton? Um, anyway, I, it's, I thought it was I don't a fast, think so. But yeah, that's, that's, you don't think so? Yeah. Nah. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm high on OBT, high on OB Toppin, but. You know, what's his ceiling? We're talking about Colin Sexton. I, I understand people's, uh, you know, opinion differ, but I, I just, I don't think that's that's a ton for Colin Sexton. No, I know. I, I get that. But from Cleveland's side, I think you said like, yeah, maybe if they're picking between a Garland and Sexton is one way to look at it, but they also might be picking between Sexton and the pick they're going to get in this year's draft, which is likely going to be one of the Jalen's. 
either Green or Suggs. And maybe they're uh-huh. like, oh, that's a potential prospect that they're more in love with pairing with Garland than they are Sexton. And if they get, obviously, like a young, talented big back or more picks, maybe that's the direction they would take. Anyway, it's a, it's a fascinating read. I thought they did a great job on it. Um, TK, what do you make of this? Is uh, Does it make sense, Colin Sexton in New York and the Cavs trying to get something back for him? I think it definitely makes sense, Colin Sexton in New York. Uh, you know, he's not necessarily known as a defensive guy, but... Bibbs is a defensive guy, and surely the Knicks would be able to cover for Sexton's deficiencies as a as a guarding guy, and obviously they needed somebody to be scoring from the perimeter. Uh, the yeah. Knicks did, so I think he fits in right there very well. You saw how well Derrick Rose played once he got to New York, and, you know, Colin Sexton is 10 years younger than Derrick Rose at this point, coming off his best season. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me from the Cavs' standpoint, Colin Sexton was basically the centerpiece of the Kyrie Irving trade. I think that's going to make it a little tougher to get him out of Cleveland just because of him being the leftover from, you know, kind of the end of that era of the Cavs championship era. And I think uh, Dan Gilbert is a big Colin Sexton fan as well. So this seems to be, to me, to be most beneficial to Colin Sexton. It feels like he maybe ready to be done with Cleveland, especially seeing the writing on the wall, like you're saying, Darius Garland is getting the bump up to play with the U.S. national team, while a few guys are still playing in the NBA Finals. There's a couple of Jalens potentially on the board who could be the star that's there now, you know, superseding both Sexton and Garland. Meanwhile, you know, Sexton is coming off his best season of his career, 24 points per game, almost 48% from the field. He's probably thinking, I'm going to be due for another payday as soon as my uh, contract, my first rookie deal is up here. So let me go maximize things playing in a system that's going to play to my strengths instead of having to share the ball with all of these other draft picks who are trying to make their name. Sure. Sure. Yeah. What do you uh, add to this, Lee? Or is there enough? Is there something else that Sham said that you wanted to tackle? Well, just quickly tap on, like like Trey saying, Derek Rose was probably their second best player when he came over, and that's just not a good sign for the Knicks. They need some more younger talent coming through, uh, and I don't think Emmanuel Quickly is ready to be a starting point guard in this league. I think he's more suited to coming off the bench. So you can understand why they would want Sexton. Just doesn't sound like it's sexy enough though going back there, uh, unless Ironic. you're getting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe if you get R.J. Barrett somehow into that conversation, then the cap- no. no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the, yeah. the other players, though, aren't going to really do it for the Cavs. I think Sexton's good, he, but he maybe just is not that well-liked in the organization for some reason. But started off this season, he was averaging 27 a game. I mean, that's that's a guy who can get your buckets. I mean, mm-hmm. he's increased his scoring average every season he's been in the league. So offensively, I think he really fits what the Knicks need, a guy who can actually go out there and take some of that heat off Julius Randle. But defensively, uh, he has got some work to do there. But uh, I'll just go, I guess, on the Ben Simmons stuff there. I mean, it seems to me that, you know, despite everything we're hearing, Daryl Morey remains in a really strong position here because Ben Simmons is under contract. You know, he doesn't have to trade him. He's still likely going to be the best play in whatever trade is made. And uh, he can really let this play out as long as he wants you know he knows it's going to be a significant offers from uh teams they're all going to try to get him he can just wait until they uh prepared to sort of bet against each other and um, you know put in offers that he, he plays them off against each other and and if he still doesn't like any of them he still keeps ben simmons so you know he he obviously had a terrible end to the season but uh it's not as though he's you know he you, you can't ever uh, get anything good out of him anymore i mean he's only 25 and um so if you're daryl morey this is a pretty good situation right now because people are trying to buy low on him, but he's like, I'm just not going to de- trade him for the sake of trading him. I just don't need to do that. But it does seem to me 
more or less inevitable that he will be traded at some point. It's just oh, uh, who sure. can get that package. We're going to uh, be doing an emergency podcast about Ben Simmons being traded yeah, at some yeah. point this summer. I, I'm 100% convinced that happens. But, you know, the reports are they want us, they want an all-star back test. That's what they think they should get for Ben Simmons. I'm sure a lot more, they think, but uh, it should be an all-star caliber player. Well, so, if, it, if yeah. it was eight months ago, we were, we were talking about James Harden versus, for Ben Simmons. I mean... Mm-hmm. So things change quickly I, in this league. Yeah, but I don't think how low how, I, for sure. But I don't think how, they're lowering the bar, bar to uh, you know a, a rotation player. I mean, yeah, they they probably want somebody who's got uh, you know at least star potential. Um, like you know tomorrow. I mean, that, somebody's got to be really really good. They're trying to win a championship, so I understand uh, uh, Daryl Morey shopping him, um, and, and and the fact that it's snowballed from you were basically traded for James Harden. You were, you were, you, you, we wanted to keep you around, but you know, that was the offer on the table to now what happened in the playoffs. I can understand them wanting to go in a different direction, but he is still extremely talented. Uh, he's still way before his prime. Uh, and that leads me to my next point. Somebody brought this up, uh, Apex Frazier, I do believe in the, uh, in the chat when we were talking about Colin Sexton going to the Knicks you mentioned Mike Vorkanov, Kelsey Russo of The Athletic, saying a couple packages that were out there would center mm-hmm. around Kevin Knox or Obi Toppin. Yep. And Apex Frazier mentioned here, Obi is older than Sexton, even though he yeah. was drafted last year. Uh, that led me to Obi's uh, basketball reference page. Yeah, he's 23, Sexton is 22, and he's got an incredible name, Obadiah Richard Toppin Jr. What a name, Obadiah. He's Love from it. Ohio, too. Well, he played in uh, Dayton. Dayton, too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah maybe there's a, a link there. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Uh, I think Simmons is going to be traded. I don't think he's getting... You're not getting back James Harden-type player, that's for sure. You're going to get back maybe a Zach Levine-type player, which would be awesome, I think, actually, for, uh, for the Sixers. We've talked about that in the past. But I don't even think that's likely. I think it's going to be a, a, like a little level down from even him. Like, maybe... Uh, well, is there an all-star player who is... Angela Russell. A, low, a lower level than a first-time All-Star? That's Because I think the Sixers should be asking for an All-Star. Ben Simmons, I'm still a believer. Right. It's going to be a problem when you get to the playoffs if he's your only ball handler. Uh, but if you can put him in a scenario where he's not your only ball handler, I think it's fine. Uh, trading uh, a low-level All-Star. I saw Greg Ray in the stream team suggested... Ben Simmons for Kemba Walker that does seem to kind of address problems for both teams. Of course, they're rivals. That's always the problem with those sort of trades. Like, are the Sixers really going to want to help out the Celtics? Are the Celtics no, going to want Kemba's not on the Celtics yeah, anymore. He's moved. He's at KC. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Blue is mind. Blue is mind. He's going to get all his stuff back on. Anyway, we gotta, we're actually going to be going to him first. We'll, we'll move on from that again. We're just going to wait for the emergency podcast. Ben well, Simmons what, will be traded at some point. Yeah, well, I mean, is, uh, Lee probably you guys took... are crazy if you think he's going to be there at the start of next season. No, it is a little crazy. He, there's but... no way he can be there after, no. after Embiid buried him. After yeah. the, <laughs> Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid both said, the reason we lost was yeah. because Ben Simmons passed up a dunk with three minutes left. I don't think that's the reason they lost. But they buried him. They blamed him. So there's no way he's coming back. This might be too uh, simple a thinking, but we talked about one billion Bradley Beal possibilities earlier in the year. Lee took us through like you know several trade possibilities. That was me. I took you through that one. Yeah, you were the Beal man. Oh, sorry, Beal. No, no, Beal. Yeah, (laughs) Lee was Beal. I was Simmons. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, the the Beal for Simmons, I think, would make sense from the Wizards' perspective. 
you know, I, I understand that maybe it would hurt Wizards fans initially, but I think Beal uh, has his sights on greener pastures. I mean, oh, I may be, oh, uh, you know, I it's tough, so. but he's only 28. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, he could stick it out a couple more, you know, like to get to Lillard's level, like early 30s. But yeah, I, I think when he signed that one plus one, which was a very short extension, but everyone was celebrating as an extension in Washington. He still was ready to, to move on. So it might be simple just thinking, well, two guys ready to move on, Simmons for Beal, but you know, oh. Beal can score with Embiid like a monster. And then you know Simmons, if you get a little young part with him, I think Daryl Morey would be willing to do that. Oh, hell yeah. Right now, <laughs> Morey would do anything for Beal, for Simmons, as the, as the two main pieces. But... The question is going to be whether the Wizards are going to do that. Yeah, I would uh, love to see uh, the, Simmons, uh, and Sim- oh, Simmons and Westbrook together and Simmons and the play-by-play guy in uh, Washington. Remember, he just called out Simmons and said he's the most overrated oh, player yeah. he's ever seen in the yeah, NBA. And Simmons said, ah, oh, he's just some little guy. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. But yeah, imagine Simmons and Westbrook. I'll tell you what. Maybe two guys could average a triple-double in the one season. It's possible, I guess, with those guys. Just wow. you know, grabbing the boards and running that break just non-stop. None of them can shoot, but they'd easily be able to sort of rack up the uh, the stats, I think. So that'd be fun. Make the Wizards fun to watch. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, move to some international news. Team USA put together its most complete game of its Olympic preparation schedule. They beat Argentina last night, 108-80. to KD, 17 points, 6-9 shooting. Bradley Beal, actually speaking to him, he broke out of his shooting slump. He had not been playing well. Made his first four shots, and he also <laughs> ended with 17 points. Was that an accident? Or was that Bad performance. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, Trey... Uh, well, dare you hit us with the Team USA is back, or is that is that crazy? You can't do that in exhibition play, can you? Not in exhibition, no. and honestly, yeah. I'm still rattled from that Kemba Walker news. <laughs> I'm not back. That's right? an easy one to forget, though. That guy's on the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> oh, oh, my heart. Uh, totally rattled. I don't know. I was told that the United States didn't blow out other teams anymore. <laughs> Liar! Nice to beat Argentina. They're not the same Argentina. I don't know what to give you on this one, Skeets. When the USA wins, they should win, and when they lose, it's a disaster. 16 points in 19 minutes, though, for a very handsome Luis Scola. And I can see that continuing to be a problem uh, for Team USA because they like to switch right now. But a lot of these international players, Scola included, are very well-rounded and can punish those switches inside. It's happened uh, in the losses, and it happened with Scola last night, so... Maybe the Team USA won't be switching quite as much when they start playing in the Olympics and the games actually count. But for right now, congratulations on winning a game finally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Zach Levine, your boy, uh, got the start in this one because Tatum was out with, uh, I think they said right knee soreness. But Zach Levine had a good game, 15 points, five boards, three assists. He had a huge dunk in this one. Um, but people do need to know that Argentina... Although I think they still might be ranked very high in the world because they did well at the 2019 uh, World Cup. This is by far the worst team Team USA, team USA has seen, Lee, uh, when you compare them to Nigeria and to Team Australia. It's just true. I mean, this Argentine team is old, uh, is, is the truth. But still, it was a dominant win, and this is what we sort of expect from from the States. Yeah, I mean, you have to just look at uh, the super athleticism and speed of Joe Ingles out there, and that's where the USA really couldn't keep up, you know? Joey yeah. was uh, <laughs> just too much for them to handle. So, uh, nah, look, it's great. It really is great because uh, you know that Luis Scola 
He's going to keep on playing, and Argentina might be old. They might be beaten up. It reminds me almost of those Spain teams towards the end of when the Gasols still play. Although, actually, Pau is still playing, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. They, they, is Mark? They, they're going to play, I think, here soon, too. Is Mark playing for, for, for Spain? I don't think so. Uh, it I feels don't know. like, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, it feels like these guys were at their peak, like at the London 2012 games, you know, which is uh, nine years ago now. But uh, they're still out there balling for their country. So uh, it's great. But yeah, Louis Scholar, my goodness, he's a handsome gentleman. I think he's. Uh, He's just getting better and better with age. Better at basketball, yeah. more handsome. Here we go. I had these prepared. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. 41 man. years of age. Wow. God wow. right for 41. Right yeah. I mean, a nice photo. Very nice photo. Very yeah. flattering. I, think I took that, had, I think I took that from a previous game because that one yeah. from last night, oh. not as flattering. Still, yeah. still lovely. He had the ponytail when he came into the studio, <laughs> didn't he? Um, is that right? Am I remembering that correctly? I think he did. I, think, I, think I don't know. Uh, yeah. Little little he, tiny ponytail. I think so. Yeah. But uh, uh, so by the way, I looked it up. I I think um, I think Marcus All is on the team actually. Wow. What about like and, Rudy uh, Fernandez? Oh, and what about? Like, it looks like Willie Hernan Gomez, Ricky Rubio, um, our favorite yeah, Rudy, international Spain Powell, play, Sergio yeah, Yule. That's the yep. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love Yule. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Claver. Uh, I think they're all on the roster. If if this is to be believed, the website I'm on, which uh, it's probably so, right though. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. You're good. No, I'm just saying. Like, they're, like you're right. Just, I'm probably right. Yeah, they just keep on playing forever. I mean, Ricky Rubio was 17 in um, in China in 2008. So what's that? Okay. 13 years ago. God, he's only 30. Ricky Rubio. Wow, he's got another like 12 years left to play for Spain. Which is incredible. You think uh, Skull is handsome at 41? Wait, wait, yeah. we see Rubio when he's 41. It'd yeah. be unbelievable. Uh, anything to add, Tass, to the Team USA victory taking care of Argentina here? No, I was okay. just going to talk about Luis Skull, and that's why sure. I had these pictures prepared. Yeah, there yeah. You know who he looks like? Uh, this is for only really you guys. Well, actually, no. It's for anyone that joined us once for Happy Hour where we had JD's brother on. Ooh. I think he looks in the face a lot like Ryan Doyle. He's got some Ryan Doyle shapes there for sure. Right? Right, JD? Can you can uh, you I can see it. Yeah. He's a handsome, handsome man and uh yeah. And yeah. Ryan looks like me sort of, so <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. Right, Similar very physique much. too, JD, between yeah. oh, yeah. you and <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh we still have three to the night. We gotta take one more break to hear from our sponsors. Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash no dunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, so you will be joining us for happy hour tomorrow oh, night, Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. going to be very late over in Amsterdam. Yeah, but I'm going to be up tonight for the game. I was up last night, oh, there was cl- no game. I'm really, uh, oh. yeah, the, the jet lag's odd. It sort of hasn't really, um, I haven't been able to defeat it yet. So, uh, But be... it's working out because you've sort of got to be up, you want to be up late anyway. Exactly, exactly. I've got things to do. So I'm like, all right, great. Let's do it. I mean, oh, I, won't be, oh. I won't be on time, I'm sure, but uh, I'll be uh, on at some point. <laughs> How, hold on. I mean, if this is too much, uh, you know, if you're giving too much information, you don't have to answer. But, like, are you in a hotel room in Amsterdam? Or are you staying in an Airbnb? Or, like, 
How are you going to do it if... Are, are you all in one room? How are you going to jump yeah. on the happy hour? Everybody's sleeping. Oh, well, yeah, I'll just jump on. I mean, uh, I'm in Copenhagen <laughs> right now. Um, oh, right. Yeah, right. yeah. So, no, the boys the boys will be asleep. Roxana will be asleep. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, all right. Yeah, so they'll I mean, just be in the background sleeping in a bed while you're talking to us. Yeah, they're, they're, we'll probably have the white... might have the white noise on, as, as long as it doesn't uh, interfere too much with our sound for the boys. And uh, Roxana <laughs> sleeps like a bear, so she'll, she'll, she'll oh, be Oh, does out. she? Yeah, oh, okay, oh, yeah. That's she's good. a great sleeper. So, uh, you you're know, as a light on, sleeper of the bunch. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm up. Any noise, I'm up. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, should be great. Okay, so and you are, so we got. I mean, you basically this is GeoGuessr already. You're yeah. in. You're in Copenhagen now. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Made it this so morning. So far, so good. Yeah, a little touch and go at the airport. No one's really sure anymore whether or not you're allowed into some countries. And some countries, <laughs> some countries are changing their codes. Like like the Netherlands, for example, where I was in Amsterdam, they opened up bars and clubs a couple of weeks ago, and their cases surged. So. The lady at the airport, when she was checking us in, said, I think we've returned to a red country, a red zone, which means you basically have to quarantine if you go to another country. But uh, she made a few calls, uh, put in a good word, I think, for the Big E and said, uh, OK, you're on your way. It's Denmark's problem. They can handle it. So uh, we managed to get on the plane today. But it was uh, for a while there. I was like, well, we might have to do the old uh, round trip from the airport back to the hotel. And uh, oh, man. Yeah. But I planted that seed before I left. I said, How is occupancy at the moment? Yeah. Hey, hey, have you got any rooms like for tonight, for example? Oh yeah, yeah, we're we're cleaning. Okay, good. Just just checking. Just, just checking. in case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. All right. And so where to after Copenhagen? Or is this the final? Well, so Copenhagen, uh, Billund is in Denmark, where the Lego uh, the Lego trip is, <laughs> yep. but that's a three-hour drive. So we're driving out there on. Um, what day is it today? It's Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> the jet lag's not a problem, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're actually, we're actually trying to get into Malmo in Sweden on Friday, if we can get into Malmo. Because uh, I've got a friend there. I'm going to go and see a friend of mine. And uh, we're trying to get in. But I don't know. We, I'm just, again, well, the same thing with Denmark. I, from yeah. Sweden is like, you know, we need another... Because we had to get coronavirus tests before we entered Denmark. Yeah. And we need to get one before we enter Sweden. But because we're coming from Denmark, we, maybe we don't need one. We're not sure. We're trying oh, to find God. out that stuff. So, uh, All right. yeah. Well, I'll be somewhere. I'll be somewhere. <laughs> All right. Great. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. You got Tweet of the Night here, Lily. Yes, I do. And this one's really for you, Skeetsy. I think you're going to enjoy this one because it came in from Kyle Lowry slash the Toronto Raptors uh, last night on Twitter. JD? Get it right. Dr. Lowry. (laughs) Yeah, so Kyle Lowry there was showing off the honorary doctorate degree in humanities he received from Nova Scotia's Acadia University. Uh, So this covers covers a number of achievements made by Lowry, uh, the third Raptor to reach 10,000-point milestone. Of course, he was the People's Finals MVP winner when the Raptors won the title a couple of years ago. And really, you know, the more that Kyle Lowry sort of embeds himself into the Toronto and the Canadian uh, way of sort of like sporting... um, you know, lexicon, is that right? I think that's right. You know, when you think he, he was traded there, you know, he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to even go to Toronto in the first place. Then he was basically packing his bags. He was on his way to the Knicks before James Dolan was like, I think we're getting hosed by Masai Ujiri again. So he pulled out of that deal. And then, I mean, Kyle Lowry himself was feuding with Masai Ujiri for the last couple of years prior to winning the championship. And now, 
I think, uh, I, you know, Kyle Lowry will go down for now, certainly. Uh, we know, I know you've talked about him as the groat, and I think, uh, you know, not just the player, but the person he's grown into and the man and how affectionate uh, he loves the city and how much they all love him back. He's definitely getting his number retired at some point. Does he get a statue? Does he get a statue, Kyle Lowry, in Toronto? I mean, I think it's in play. I think so. I think uh, he's just been a, a fantastic ambassador for the Raptors and for uh, for Toronto and for Canada in general, I think, in, in the sporting world. Well, now he's a doctor. That's right. There you go. <laughs> he Dr. starts Lowry. going by Doc Lowry? <laughs> we haven't had a Doc in the NBA catchy. for a yeah. while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's very catchy. Well, we'll start calling him that. All right. Congrats to Kyle Lowry. Awesome congrats, stuff. Congrats, man. Start wrapping it up here, guys. Join us tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, live here on YouTube. We turn it around as quickly as possible and make it a podcast. Get it up in your podcast feed, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to us. Uh, recapping Game 4, it's tonight of the NBA Finals. Yeah, basketball's back, baby. We're calling it now. Well, it's either going to be a 40-point blowout, says TK, or it's going to be the classic we're waiting it's for in this NBA Finals. I think we're getting the, uh, the one or two-game possession. It's going to come down the stretch here. We're going to have lots to talk about tomorrow morning. So join us then. Keep your questions coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. And if you haven't already, get yourself an athletic subscription. Theathletic.com slash no dunks. So they know that we sent you. You get a deal on it. And, uh, well, we mentioned athletic articles left and right here on this show, so you can actually read them and know what the heck we're talking about. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, can they all be classics if each one is a classic? You know? Yeah. It really makes you think. Because I'm seeing here in the stream team. <laughs> classic. Real classic. Whoa, what a classic. Classic. But if they're all classics? I mean, are we going to be getting a... Honorary doctorate degree for podcast <laughs> yes. classics. Yes. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's get a. Let's get statues. <laughs> let's get our our butts. You know, in a in a statue like Kyle Lowry's bound to get oh. a bust of his butt. Come on. Come. On. <laughs> now it's a classic test. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. baseball fans this is Derek Van Riper now that spring training games are underway opening day is just a few weeks away Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on rates and barrels whether you're a seasoned fantasy player a baseball stats junkie or just someone who wants to learn more about the game join us for four episodes each week this season including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May check out the live stream on Fridays at one o'clock eastern on the rates and barrels YouTube channel or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.